This podcast is brought to you by the Reform Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. The following message is part two of two of a Reformation Day lecture by Professor Brian Heisinger. It is entitled, Of God, Through God, To God. Now we move to the second part of the speech. It will not be as long as the first part, but it is important. I want to move now from the broad lines of our covenant doctrine and address specifically the doctrinal issue that has drawn the attention of our churches and which came to a head at Synod 2018. And I do this to help anyone who may still be confused because I do not want to go backwards as a denomination. And I don't want to spin, but to move forward, to make progress, to go forth in God's service and strong in God's might to conquer all evil and to stand for what is right. The doctrinal issue concerns the relation of our conscious experience of fellowship with God in His covenant and our good works of obedience. I will speak to three things, as you can tell from the outline, what we have taught, what we have always taught, the error that appeared and what we must learn. What we have always taught, the Protestant Reformed churches have always taught that we experience, we enjoy covenant fellowship with God in the way of obedience. Now about this truth, I want to say three things. First, I want to speak about fellowship. Secondly, I want to explain how we enter into that fellowship. And thirdly, I want to explain the manner in which we live in and enjoy that fellowship. First, fellowship. The conscious experience of fellowship with God, that's the heart of the covenant to know God, to taste the goodness of God, to enjoy God, to enjoy the nearness of God and the love of God in the Gospel and in the sacraments, to dwell with God under one roof, to eat with God and drink with God. That's that's life. That fellowship is life. We have always said that to live apart from God is death. But to commune with God, that is life. We sing that, Psalter number 203. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. How do we get into that fellowship? Three words. Way, that is the way unto. Coming, 
and drawing the way unto and into God's fellowship is Jesus. He says so. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Jesus is the way because Jesus is the truth and because Jesus is the life. Jesus is the only one who has ever lived a perfect life before God. Jesus is the only one who has perfect righteousness. The righteousness that is necessary to have fellowship with God in His covenant. Jesus has perfect righteousness. He is the way unto and into God's fellowship. Coming. Coming is the activity of faith as Jesus teaches it in John 6, verse 35. He that cometh to Me shall never hunger. Here's the parallel. And he that believeth on Me shall never thirst. In the doctrine of Jesus, coming and believing are equivalent. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. We come to the Father and His fellowship by believing in Jesus. Jesus is the way unto. And we come on that way by faith. Now, because the covenant is of God and through God, Jesus teaches drawing. Why do you believe? How do you believe? The Father's drawing is the explanation for coming by faith on the way Jesus. Jesus says in John 6, verse 44, No man can come unto Me except the Father which has sent Me draw Him. Fellowship. Now, how do you get into that fellowship to enjoy that fellowship? God, with cords of everlasting love, God draws you into His fellowship. He does that through His efficacious call in the Gospel Come! By His efficacious call, He draws us to Himself. He graciously draws us into His fellowship in such a way that you believe in Jesus who is the way unto so that you enter the conscious experience of fellowship with God by faith in Jesus. This has always been our covenant doctrine. All you have to do is read. 
way unto coming, drawing. Now, the manner in which we live in and enjoy that fellowship is in the way of obedience. The means, the means by which we enjoy, by which we continue to enjoy that fellowship is always faith. That's the instrument that keeps us in communion with Christ. Faith. But the manner in which we live in that fellowship and enjoy that fellowship is obedience. I want to use an illustration here. It has its limitations as illustrations do, but we will use it. Imagine that this entire church building represents conscious fellowship with God. So that if you are here in this building, you are enjoying communion with God. This building is called fellowship. Now, running all throughout this building are all these carpeted paths. Narthex, into the fellowship hall, into the consistory room, into the library, into the catechism rooms, into the kitchen, all throughout the sanctuary here, all of these carpeted paths. These paths are called obedience. Obedience to the law of God. So that when you live here in this building called fellowship, you are walking on the paths called obedience. Because as you live in this house and you enjoy fellowship with God by faith in Christ, your faith is always responding. It cannot but respond with good works of obedience. So when you walk with God here in the light, you walk not in the darkness of disobedience, but you walk in the light of loving and grateful obedience, giving yourself to God and to the neighbor in love. The driveway from the road to the building and the front door is called the way of access. The way of access is the way unto fellowship. The way to get into the way to enter into this building called fellowship how do you get in the how do you get in the building the way unto is Christ and Christ alone as he says in John 14 verse 6 i am the way no man cometh unto the father but by me so we say that we enjoy fellowship with god in the way of obedience. And that way of obedience is not referring to the way of access unto. That way of obedience is referring to the way of grateful conduct in fellowship. The paths of obedience in this house of fellowship. Fellowship with God by faith. And faith always responding 
with good works of grateful obedience. Now, admittedly, the illustration has weaknesses for, for various reasons. And one of them is that it doesn't capture the reality that our life of obedience isn't simply moving around in circles in some confined area, but it's a path. A path that has direction. It's aimed at heaven, the straight and narrow path. And there's progression on the path. That's not captured in the illustration. But for all of the weaknesses with that and other elements, it will serve our purposes for a mental image. We have always confessed that we enjoy fellowship with God in the way of obedience. The error that appeared in our churches and was officially condemned as error and corrected at Synod 2018 is this, and I will put it in the simplest terms, our good works of obedience were taken off the, the path of grateful conduct in fellowship, and they were relocated to the way of access unto fellowship. That is, good works were taken out of the church building of fellowship and they were made part of the driveway and part of the door, part of the way unto and into fellowship. So that good works were given a place and function that is out of harmony with the Reformed confessions. The error was first detected as error in a sermon on John 14, verse 6, which sermon taught that our good works of obedience are part of the way unto the Father. While Jesus explicitly teaches that He alone is the way. The error took good works from off the path of grateful obedience in the experience of fellowship, and move those good works to the way of access unto and into fellowship. However, the error was not limited to one sermon, but it appeared in many sermons. And I will quote only from the first two cited by Synod, though the error was broader and even went beyond sermons. And I don't quote to hurt but to help, help, help. One sermon said, quote, we do good works so that we can receive God's grace and Holy Spirit in our consciousness. Grace in our consciousness, that's the building. And good works are put on the driveway unto the building so that we do good works in order to get God's grace. Another sermon said, quote, what do the creeds say about the relationship between obedience and fellowship? That there are requirements. That there is obedience required in order that we may have that fellowship. Prayerful fellowship with God. The catechism says, come to God that way meeting those requirements 
meeting those demands of God for proper prayer, and you can be ensured that you will enjoy the fellowship of God and later approach unto the Father, come to the Father, meeting the requirements that He has set out for you. Come to Him in that way to receive of Him His grace and His Holy Spirit. Amen. Unquote. Fellowship with God is the church building. and Now our good works are the driveway and the door of requirements that we have to meet in order to enjoy fellowship. These erroneous statements were defended and it was argued that these statements are teaching the necessary way of the covenant. It was argued that we have always taught that we experience fellowship with God in the way of obedience. And that's true. But it was argued that the sermons were teaching that truth. However, the many objectionable statements were not teaching that truth. The statements were not teaching that our good works of obedience are the way of grateful conduct in the experience of fellowship, but we're teaching that our good works of obedience are part of the way unto fellowship, which way is Christ alone and His life of perfect works. Synod 2018 declared this teaching to be erroneous. I'm not saying anything about intent. I'm not suggesting there was intent to be erroneous, to teach error. I'm simply saying there was error. Synod said there was error and said that our good works are not the way of access or even part of the way of access unto covenant fellowship, but they are the way of grateful conduct in covenant fellowship. Then in addition to actions taken, like the requirement of a formula of subscription exam, which was sustained, the Synod made a statement indicating the seriousness of the error. Quote, the doctrinal error of the sermons then compromises the Gospel of Jesus Christ. For when our good works are given a place and function they do not have, the perfect work of Christ is displaced. And I'm going to stop right there, though the Synod continued that sentence. I hope you've read and carefully read the 2018 Acts of Synod. Now some might say the Synod was too heavy-handed, or some might say the Synod was too lenient, but in the providence of God, what the Synod decided stands. It still stands today, and it stands as truth. And I, I hope you've carefully read it, and meditated, and prayed, and lingered long at that statement. The perfect work of Christ is displaced. If you linger there, then your heart will quiver. And then 
you look up to God our friend and you speak to Him fitting words. And if you haven't done that, it's not too late. What must we learn? What have we learned? What are we learning? What must we yet learn? I conclude tonight with three things. First of all, all of salvation is of grace. We know that. But we have to keep learning that. All of salvation is of grace. Salvation is all of God, through God, and to God. And that includes the experience of salvation. The experience of covenant fellowship is salvation. It's salvation in its most delightful dimension. It's possible to be in the covenant to be united to Jesus Christ, but not conscious of that. As one is, let's say, a regenerated infant. Or, and I'll come back to this, it's possible to be in the covenant and to be in union with Jesus Christ, but not enjoying the delightful experiences of that relationship, the sweet fellowship. Because, one is stubbornly walking in sin and only conscious of the bitter and painful experiences of God's loving chastisement. His loving displeasure. But to be in the covenant, to be united to Christ and to experience all of that delightful communion with God, to drink of Jesus Christ the living waters and to feel that refreshment, to eat of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, and to feel spiritually strengthened, to know God and His love and His secrets in the Gospel, to look all around you and see all of the blessings that God has given to us and to our children and children's children, and to feel a sense of awe and joy that this great God is our God now and forevermore. That experience is unsurpassable and it is salvation. And salvation is by grace, through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Covenant salvation is of God, through God, and to God. The God of all grace. Second, we must learn that salvation is by faith in Christ. And faith is not working. We know that, but we have to keep learning that. Faith is a bond whereby we are united to Jesus Christ. But faith is also an activity, and no reformed man would deny that. Jesus teaches the activity of faith as coming. But the activity of faith and the activity of doing good works are two totally distinct totally different activities. In the activity of believing, we are always trusting God. Trusting what 
God has done, always receiving from God. But in the activity of doing good works, of obedience, we are always giving. The law commands of us a thankful life of obedience. It commands obedience. And when we obey the law, we are giving what it commands. We are giving obedience with heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are giving our life as a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Faith, the activity of faith, and doing good works, the activity of doing good works, those are two distinct and different activities. Now when we teach that our good works are not the way of access unto, but Christ is, and we come to God by faith in Christ, we are not teaching that in the end, when it's all said and done, faith is just another work that we perform in order to experience fellowship with God. Faith is not doing good works of obedience. Even when we explain what exactly is that activity of coming, What exactly is involved in coming? Huxma very carefully explained what is the activity of coming. And Huxma said it includes four elements. One, contrition. Sorrow over and hatred for my sins. Contrition. Two. Recognition. True spiritual knowledge of Christ as the revelation of the God of my salvation. Recognition. Three. Aspiration. A true longing, a hungering, and a thirsting after the benefits of Christ and Christ Himself. Aspiration. And four, appropriation. The sure knowledge that Christ is mine. He died for me. Even when we explain what that coming is, what that activity of faith involves, as Huxma explained it, with contrition, recognition, aspiration, and appropriation, that activity is not doing good works of obedience according to the law. When we do good works, we are always giving to God. The conscious enjoyment of covenant salvation is by faith in Christ. And faith is not working, but reliance upon the God who works. Covenant salvation is of God, through God, and to God. And third, and finally, we must learn to defend and promote the truth that we experience covenant fellowship with God in the way of obedience. What I will call 
in the way of, for short, our heritage. Sin in 2018 and 2019 were very careful to maintain this important truth. Our assemblies have quoted from Herman Hooksma, volume 26 of the Standard Bear, quote, let me suggest that instead of using that Pelagian term condition, we use the term in the way of. This term is capable of maintaining both the absolute sovereignty of God in the work of salvation and the responsibility of man. We are chosen to faith and to the obedience of faith. And therefore, we are saved through the instrument of faith and in the way of obedience. That and that only is reformed language. In the way of is important because, as Hooksma explained, it maintains, on the one hand, the absolute sovereignty of God in salvation. It clearly indicates that we do not experience fellowship with God because of our obedience. Or even by means of our obedience. We experience communion with God by means of faith. And because of what Christ has done, that it all might be of God and to God's glory as the God of sovereign grace. Well, on the other hand, in the way of is important because it maintains our calling in the covenant. That those who live with God, who walk with God as friends in the covenant, they serve God. And it makes plain that covenant members who walk in the ways of sin and rebellion, if we could bring back that figure a moment, still still on the property, but now walking out in the darkness of the parking lot and the lawn, covenant members who walk in the way of rebellion do not experience fellowship, sweet fellowship with God. God lovingly chastens them so that they experience His displeasure. He's a holy God who cannot and will not walk in communion with sinners who walk in rebellion. We can lose our assurance. And we can lose the experience of sweet fellowship with God when we walk in disobedience. And what a horrible, horrible thing that is. But though we lose it by our works, our evil works of disobedience, we do not gain it back by our good works of obedience. We are restored by grace and God sovereignly draws us back into the conscious enjoyment of sweet, sweet fellowship. And God draws us by kindling within us a lively faith so that we come to God bewailing our wickedness with godly sorrow, pleading for forgiveness and trusting that God is merciful to forgive us and restore us for Jesus' sake. And restored to that blessed experience of sweet fellowship with God, how can we not but show our love for God and gratitude by obedience? 
so that we say we experience covenant fellowship with God in the way of obedience. This doctrinal truth and the expression of it as in the way of is our heritage. It is a distinctive element of authentic Protestant Reformed covenant theology. We have always taught this. And a schoolboy who's old enough to read could prove that. It's not very difficult. Just read. But in the way of is more than a statement that's found here and there in all these different works and sermons. It's our heritage. Huxma didn't begin teaching this concept in 1950 to combat conditional theology. This was his doctrine all the way back in the 1920s when he was developing his understanding of covenant theology in his work, Believers and Their Seed. For Huxma rejected the traditional conception of the covenant of works with Adam with its idea that Adam could merit eternal life with God by his obedience. Huxma said, that's false. Adam never could earn life and favor from God by his good works. So Huxma taught that Adam had this wonderful covenant life with God in paradise, in the covenant of creation. And what was the relationship between Adam's enjoyment of that covenant life with God and Adam's obedience. Huxma said repeatedly, Adam would keep the life he possessed and enjoy the favor of God in the way of obedience. In their covenant doctrine, the Protestant Reformed churches have always expressed the relationship between Fellowship with God and obedience with the phrase in the way of. That's part of our heritage over against works theology, conditional theology, fellowship with God by our obedience. And over against antinomian theology, fellowship with God without our obedience. We experience covenant fellowship with God in the way of obedience. Is the covenant of God through God and to God? If the covenant is to God, then everything about it serves His glory. And the God who is light will have obedient friend servants who walk with Him in the light who taste His communion by faith and respond by showing forth all of His praises in love for Him and in love for the neighbor. Friends, this is our covenant doctrine. Let us go forth in God's service, strong in God's might, to conquer all evil to stand for and develop our understanding of the right doctrine of the covenant, which is of God 
through God and to God, to whom be glory forever. This concludes part two of two of Professor Heisinger's Reformation Day Lecture. To close, the psalm choir will sing Psalter number 372. Thank you for listening to this message. It is our hope that it was edifying to you. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them to be notified as future messages are published. We welcome you to join us on Sundays for worship at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. You can find more information about us at our website, hopeprchurch.org. Also, you can follow us on our Hope Protestant Reformed Church Facebook page. And you can email the Reform Witness Committee with any questions or feedback at hope rwc at gmail dot com. Thank you.